Welcome to MediaShift's Digital Media Brief. I'm Mark Glazer, and here are the biggest stories in digital media this week. First up, all pivots to video are not created equal. Many publishers have made big pivots to video, slashing editorial staff and hiring video people in an effort to capture more video advertising. But some of them have had to deal with difficult drops in traffic after those pivots. In less than two years, Mike.com lost 15 million unique visitors per month after pivoting, according to Comscore numbers. FoxSports.com may have lost 88% of its web traffic after a similar pivot, according to Awful Announcing. And Vocative lost 3.8 million unique visitors in a year. Digital media strategist Heidi Moore writes in CJR that the cautionary tale for Mike could help save online journalism if others learn the lesson. She gives four reasons why she thinks the pivot has failed. Faulty metrics, too much trust in distribution platforms, low quality video production, and an inability to turn video views into ad dollars. But the reason many publishers pivot to video isn't to get more page views, but to bring in more ad revenues via video ads, which pay more than typical banner ads. And yet, BuzzFeed and Vox have started running programmatic banner ads after betting the house on native ads, which were more difficult to scale. Both of them have seen better results in pivoting to video, likely because they put more investment into the video quality. BuzzFeed's Shani Hilton wrote that they've had success in their integration of video into entertainment and news content. She said that BuzzFeed approached adding video with two things in mind. We only marry text and video when it makes sense, and we use reporting for both. Mashable also made news by laying off staff and pivoting to video, and while traffic has gone down, they say that revenues were up 36%. The Wall Street Journal reports that Mashable might be sold to a German broadcaster or to Viacom. In the end, all pivots to video are not created equal. Next up, Twitter doubles the size of tweets to 280 characters. This is a small change, but a big move. That's how Twitter's Jack Dorsey is characterizing the social platform's move to expand the size of tweets. Twitter said it will test a 280-character limit for tweets, double the 140-character limit that it's had for the past 11 years. Back then, the character limit was in place because of SMS limitations with a restriction of 160 characters. Twitter said the strict character limit was a barrier to encouraging more people to use the service and previously allowed people to add images without using up characters. Twitter had considered allowing longer tweets before, up to 10,000 characters, but nixed that idea following public outcry from users. Of course, people have been finding ways to work around the character limit using pictures, memes, and of course, the tweet storm, with many tweets strung together. So how did Twitter users react to the news? Most of them hated the idea of people writing longer tweets and appreciate the brevity of the service. As one user said, I truly hope the company is spending as much time on combating racism, harassment, and bots as it is on this. It doesn't seem like it. And the big incentive for Twitter is to get more people tweeting more. User growth has slowed and the company's stock has swooned. It's a risk to move away from what made Twitter so great, but it's a company that needs to take risks. 
but Curtis Silver wrote on Forbes that the move was another nail in the coffin for conversation. He wrote that either through our lack of national discourse, reactionary nature, hate speech trolling, inability to research, and inflammatory posting, conversation is dying. This is just another can of kerosene on the flame. And finally, the Knight Foundation puts $4.5 million into projects to restore trust in the media. Let's face it, there's a deep lack of trust in the media right now. There are a lot of reasons for this. We, the media, make a lot of mistakes. People consume personalized news feeds. There's a fractured media landscape and people are susceptible to misinformation. But the Knight Foundation is trying to turn the tide by giving out $4.5 million to projects that address the issue of declining trust in media. About half those funds will go towards seven different organizations, among them Duke University's Reporters Lab, First Draft News, and the AP, each addressing the issue in a different way. Cortico, for example, will be a new platform that will help news organizations to surface and tell stories that resonate across the fragmented landscape. The rest of the money will be used to assemble and support a new Knight Commission on Trust, Media, and Democracy run by the Aspen Institute, which includes wide-ranging notables such as Kickstarter's Perry Chen, Google's Richard Gindris, and Newsmax CEO Chris Ruddy. With $2 million in funding, commission will meet next month at the New York Public Library and convene more times throughout the next year. Knight Foundation President for Journalism Jennifer Preston said that one of the hopes is that the commission will help inform policy decisions, funding decisions, grant-making decisions, and inform the public about what might be potential solutions to address the falling trust in our society in major democratic institutions. It's a worthy goal and a big investment of money, but hopefully the public will also buy into the idea of restoring trust in institutions that they can barely tolerate. Thanks for joining us for the Digital Media Brief from MediaShift. You can find the podcast on MediaShift.org and follow us at MediaShiftPod on Twitter. Our past episodes are on SoundCloud, and if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We'll catch you next week.